Amen. I, I will just echo what Pastor Rick said there about the winter retreat. If you're a student, you know a student, uh, grades 6 through 12, please get on this retreat, get signed up, come talk to me, Valentina, one of the leaders. This, God has provided a really special place here for students at Mount Hope. We have an incredible team of leaders, and we're passionate about seeing students grow in their relationship with Jesus. Uh, we had 55 students come to our summer retreat in August. We're praying for 60 uh, to come uh, on our winter retreat. And so uh, get signed up. Even if you're not a part of our group, normally, maybe you're watching online, you're joining with us, and you know of a student, and a student comes to your mind, reach out and let us know. We'd love to get you involved in that and, and just see what God can do through that. Uh, I get the privilege of opening the scriptures to you this morning. We're going to be in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And it's the third book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke. And Pastor Rick started last week in our Foundations series talking about reading Scripture together. And this morning I want to talk about prayer with you from Luke chapter 11. And, and before we get to there, I kind of want to just lay the groundwork and tell you a little story to, to give you an idea of where we're going this morning. Uh, so I mentioned my wife, Valentina. We got engaged... March of 2020, COVID had just hit, and I picked the next week, thought that would be a great week to, as the world was imploding, make uh, lifelong future decisions uh, for our future family. By God's grace, uh, she said yes to me, and we were married in September. Our marriage, uh, after, we, after we got married, about one day, she was already wondering if she had made the right decision. And that was because we had a honeymoon planned to Santorini, Greece, and that was canceled. Uh, so we went to what some would refer to the Santorini, Greece of the United States, Florida, Key West uh, in Florida. No one calls it that. Um, and so we really did enjoy our honeymoon. But on our first day that we were there, I was in the bathroom and I was shaving my beard, trimming my beard. And, and as a man with a beard would understand, I nicked it. And I am now faced with the decision, do I try to blend it in and just go on my day like nothing happened, don't say anything to her, or do I just shave the whole thing off and start over again, start fresh, clean slate? And so I picked the latter uh, without communicating with my wife. Uh, I shaved my beard off. Now, she had never known me without a beard. And I quickly learned two things uh, in that moment after she found out. I learned that communicating with your wife with those type of decisions is crucial, <laughs> crucial. And second, I learned uh, that she doesn't like my face. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that is the long and the short of it. It's a funny story, right, about communication and a lack of communication, but relationships are built on communication. Healthy relationships require a lot of communication, often communicating with each other. And it's no different with our relationship with God. Our relationship with God requires communication and healthy communication. And when we are lacking in that healthy communication, we can feel as though God is distant, God is not there, why is he not answering my prayers? And I believe that oftentimes we see in prayer and I, I'm guilty of this myself, saying things that we have heard 
or learned over the years kind of parroting things, but not having the meaning behind it. So things like, for instance, uh, bless the hands that made it. It sounds good. Just bless the hands that made it. But bless means to, to set apart, to be holy. And so do we want them to have holy hands and not the rest of their body to be holy? Or we say, bless this food to the nourishment of my body. Sounds great. What does it mean? Lord, bless these French fries. And may they become carrot sticks as they enter my body. What does it mean to bless the food to the nourishment of our bodies? And don't get me wrong. We can learn valuable things from hearing people pray and in learning what it looks like to pray from someone who has walked in the faith longer than we, than we have more mature in the faith. But if all we're doing is saying things without having the meaning behind it or truly communicating in a healthy way with God, that will not drive us deeper into our relationship with him. And so we're going to talk about prayer this morning. And I believe that if we can grasp this as a church, it could change everything for us as a church if we could learn how to communicate with God in a healthy way. And so I want to talk this morning about what is prayer, how do we pray, and then finally, why do we pray? And then we're going to get a chance to practice this together as a church. And so what is prayer? Prayer is this, communicating with God. Simply put, it's communicating with God. That's what prayer is. The ultimate goal of prayer should be building our relationship with God. He's a relational God. And so he wants to hear from us. And the ultimate goal of our prayer should be to build our relationship with him. And that's both talking to God and that's also listening for God's voice. Both of those being prayer. And you as parents in the room, you understand this, that it doesn't matter how you spend time with your kids. You just want to be spending time with them and building the relationship with them, right? If they want to go for a walk, hey, mom, hey, dad, can we go for a walk? Can we watch a movie? Sure, we'll watch a movie. Can we go get ice cream? Sure. Parents of teenagers are just trying to get a sentence uh, out of their teenagers and they're like, you want to make a TikTok video? We will make a TikTok video. <laughs> and you're there doing whatever it takes to build communication and relationship with your, with your child because you love them and you want to communicate with them. And God is the same way. He's a father and he wants to hear from us. He wants to communicate with his children. And so that's what prayer is. It is communicating with God. Prayer is such an important topic, in fact, that um, in Colossians chapter 2, in chapter 4, I'm sorry, verse 2, uh, it says this, continue steadfastly in prayer. Another version would say, be fully devoted to prayer and being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Continue steadfastly, be devoted in prayer. That's a strong word, devoted. We, we know LeBron is devoted to basketball. We know Tom Brady's devoted to football. Leonardo DiCaprio is devoted to acting. What are you devoted to? What would people say of you that you're devoted to? Your work, your school, your kids, your hobbies. Would they say that you are devoted to prayer? Would that be said of you? And if everyone in this church had the prayer life that you had, would we have a healthy praying church? 
It's a good question to ask ourselves this morning. Are we devoted in prayer? Because this is the point, that God is a father and he wants to hear from his children. That's what prayer is, communicating with God. And so just some quick thoughts on prayer before we dive into Luke 11. We don't have to pray, we get to pray. We don't have to pray, we get to pray. Because the veil has been torn, there is now relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. We now have access to the throne of God. We now get to pray. We shouldn't feel it as a burden. Prayer is not a burden, something to take onto ourselves. Instead, it's where we bring our burdens to God. Prayer is where we bring our burdens. Anxiety is taking the burdens of this world and putting them on our own shoulders. Prayer is taking the burdens of this world and bringing them to God and laying them at his feet. And so we don't have to feel burdened in prayer. It's something we should get to do. It's not a chore. We get to go to God, creator of the universe in prayer. How amazing is that? And so prayer is not telling God anything he didn't already know. It's inviting him in to everything. And I, talking with students and counseling students a lot, I hear, I don't want to bring this to God. I, I'm ashamed or I just don't think he'll be proud of me. And my, my response, my, my heart towards that is always, student, he already knows. He knows. He's not up there like, are you kidding me? I'm so surprised. I didn't see that coming. He knows. And so we're not... We're not informing him of anything he doesn't already know. We are inviting him into every part of our lives in prayer. And prayer moves God's hand, but it also changes our heart. We see all throughout scripture that prayer moves God's hand. He answers prayer. When his people respond in prayer, God answers but also sometimes it doesn't change our outcome, but it changes us every time. Prayer doesn't always change the outcome of our circumstances, but every time it does change us. Think of the times where you have gone to God in prayer and he hasn't answered the way that you maybe thought that he would. And then all of a sudden you notice things about yourself changing your heart changing, the way you respond, the way you live, the way you see the world, the way you act towards other people. And all of a sudden, God hasn't necessarily changed your circumstance the way you thought, but he has changed you. And so prayer moves God's hand, but it also moves our heart. And that's what prayer does. Psalm 37, four, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so as we desire after God's will for our lives, he changes everything for us. And so that's what is prayer. It's communicating with God. It's talking to God as a father. We don't need to be here in church to pray, though that is one of the beautiful benefits of coming together as the body of believers is that we do get to come together and pray. But we don't need a priest to pray. We don't need Mary to pray on our behalf. Jesus intercedes for us. And that's what we're going to see here in How Do We Pray? Luke chapter 11 in verse 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. This man is hungry and he will answer from within. Do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, another translation translates it, uh, persistence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? I hate snakes so much. Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father... Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Let's pray for a minute. God, would you reveal this word to us? Would you open our oftentimes blind eyes to see what you want to teach us? God, we want to know you. We want to be conformed into the image of your son. Would you take the parts of us that need to be removed, that need to be needs to have your surgery work done on our hearts. Would you do that this morning through the preaching of your word, through prayer? And it's in Jesus' name that we pray this, amen. The disciples come to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, John's teaching this class on prayer over here and like they're really doing something good. So could you teach us to pray? How do we pray? So Jesus is going to just teach his disciples not necessarily what to pray, but how to pray. Think of it as a pattern of prayer. And the first thing that we can learn from what Jesus says of all the things, why did he say these things about prayer? believe here's what we can learn from this text. First, he approaches God as father. Look at verse two. And he said to them, when you pray, say, father. father. Say, father. We come to God as a father, not as a deity that we can't see or know. We come to him as father. And even here represented in this room, I think, and those watching online, I think why this is, is difficult is because there have been poor experiences with earthly fathers where they have messed up and been imperfect as we all are. And that skews our view of what God is as a father. And there's father wounds from that and those need to be healed so that we can properly see God as a father and come to him in that way. Because God is not a reflection of our earthly father. He is the perfection of what a father is. And he is loving. 
and he is tenderhearted, he is kind, and we can come to him with our requests, our burdens, our cares. We can come to him in prayer. And so we approach him as a father. And when you know God as father, prayer happens naturally. When you come to God as father, prayer comes naturally. And when you don't know him as father, it happens unnaturally. Feels unnatural. And, and parents know this as well, that your kids talk to you in a different way than they talk to strangers. They talk to you in a more comfortable way, and they approach you in a different way that they wouldn't approach a stranger. And so we come to God as a father, first and foremost. And that frames everything else that we see here. Next, hallowed be your name. Why do we, why does Jesus go there next? To make holy, to set apart. That's what hallowed means. And it's so important that we start here that our focus in prayer is on God. Our focus in prayer is on God. We come to him recognizing who he is, what he is capable of, that he is holy, that he is majestic. And we come to him in that way when we come in prayer. We recognize who he is, that he's a loving father who invites us into his presence and he's worthy of honor. And that's how we start our prayer, by recognizing who God is. That's how we pray. Secondly, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. And I see on Instagram all the time, uh, Instagram influencers, network marketers that are building an empire, right? Have you seen that? I'm building my empire. Come join me. As Christians, the only empire that we must be concerned with building is the kingdom of God and advancing his work here on earth. The kingdom of God coming to earth is both looking forward with expectation to say, come Lord Jesus, right? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. But also to say, God, what do you want to do in and through us as your people in the here and now to see your kingdom and your purposes come to earth? Not my kingdom, not my will, but yours be done. That is the heart of our prayer. And so we say, your kingdom come. We are building his kingdom. Give us our daily bread. And it's interesting here, he makes no distinction between rich or poor. We are to pray as, as followers of Jesus for daily provision from God, both for our physical needs, which is a simple, simple, humble act of acknowledging that without God, we have nothing. Like everything that we have is his. And he provides even our daily needs and our daily provision. And so we come to him asking, God, would you provide our daily bread? And we trust you both for our daily bread today and for what is to come. We trust you for our needs now and our needs in the future, that you take care of us. You say you care for the birds. How much more do you care for us? And keep us from temptation. The truth is we cannot resist temptation in our own strength. And so we must seek God for the power, God's power, to rely on him to, to resist the temptation of the devil. Because in our own strength, we fall. I, I do. In my own strength, I fall. But with God's power, 
I have the power to withstand the temptation that the devil might bring upon us. So it's a conscious reliance upon God's power keep us from temptation. And so in the same way that we ask for daily bread for our physical needs, we ask for daily deliverance for our spiritual needs. And that's how we come to God in prayer. He, Jesus models for us what prayer looks like. And so we don't come to him just asking for a bunch of stuff, though he does say to come boldly and ask, but we come with those things in mind. God, you are holy. You are worthy. And we just follow that model that Jesus has given us for prayer. And so that's how we pray. Why do we pray? Say, well, if God is sovereign over everything, if he already knows the end from the beginning, why do I even bother praying? What's the point? Well, a few reasons for us to consider this morning. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Anxiety is taking the burdens of life, placing them on our shoulders, thinking it's up to us. Prayer is taking the burdens of life, bringing them to God. Why do we pray? He commands us to. Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, pray. Bring your requests to God. 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 Prayer pleases God, and this is why we pray. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and for all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior. Why do we pray? It is pleasing to God. God is pleased when his children come to him and ask him. Just as a parent is pleased when their child, even though they might already know what is on their mind, they already might know the request. They're so pleased when their child comes to them and asks them in the same way God is a father. And he's pleased when we bring our requests before him. 1 John 5, 14 says this. Anything that we ask, and this is, the, sorry, it, this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. And so God, can I get a Lamborghini? Is it in his will? If it's in accordance with his will, he says to ask and it will be granted. And in God's infinite wisdom, he knows what is best for us. In our finite understanding, we don't understand oftentimes what is best for us. And so we pray, seeking God for his will, that he knows what we need even more so than what we want. And sometimes 10 years down the road, you'll look back and say, oh, that's what you were doing. Thank you, Lord, for giving me what's in accordance with your will because you're wise. You're a lot wiser than I am. And so his wisdom is far above our own. And so we go to him asking anything that's in accordance with his will and he will grant it. 
And so that's why we pray. And lastly, I love this in, the, in verse uh, 9 of our anchoring text this morning, Luke 11, verse 9. He says, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, all the fathers are like, ah, thanks Jesus, uh, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give you everything you ask for? No, he'll give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And so what is the promise of prayer? Why do we pray? Why do we bother? Because God promises to give us more of himself in prayer. We pray because God promises above everything else that he would give us more of himself. And do you know that that is the greatest longing of your soul, whether you know it or not? That the greatest longing of your heart and your soul is that you would have more of God in your life. We were not meant to die. We were not meant to go through pain and suffering that we experience in this life. We are eternal beings. That's what we were created for. And in the brokenness of sin, that has been changed. And so we weren't created to live and suffer And our greatest longing is to know and to have more of God. And he promises, why do we pray that if we go to him, he will give us more of himself. He will give the Holy Spirit to us. That is why we pray. That is the promise of prayer. And so I love this. We see God's heart in scriptures like this, 1 Peter 5, 17. 1 Peter 5, 17 If we don't have it, I will read it. Well, let me read you Matthew 6, verse 26, and I'll get back to 1 Peter uh, 5, 17. Matthew 6, 26 says this, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow or reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And so how do we pray? We come to God And we communicate with God just like we would communicate with someone here. We communicate with him as a loving father that wants to hear from his children. How do we pray? Jesus models that for us here in Luke chapter 11. Why do we pray? Well, there's a promise in prayer. There's a promise. And God's heart is that he cares for you. Do you know that this morning? Do you believe that this morning, that God cares for you? That 1 Peter 5 says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. What a beautiful promise that is. How often do we go weighted in this world with the cares of this life and we're brought down by them? And Jesus says, let me help carry that with you. And we can go to him in prayer. He cares. That's a beautiful truth this morning. There were two pastors that were having a debate and and one of the pastors said, I can't imagine that that God can care about my little stuff that I got going on in my life. Like it's crazy that God would care even about the littlest things. He seems like he'd be kind of busy. 
How would he care about the little things that are going on with me? That would be like me going to the White House and complaining about my HOA fees going up to the President of the United States. How crazy is that? What am I going to do? I'm going to walk on the White House front lawn. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to knock on the front door. I'm breaking down the Oval Office door. I got some issues to bring up with you, Mr. President. My HOA just raised the fees this year. You wouldn't believe it. It's ludicrous. It's ludicrous that we would bring such a small, insignificant seeming thing to the president who has a lot of other stuff going on, I think. And the other pastor replied to him, well, not if you're his child. Not if you're his child. You have the authority to walk in that door. You have the authority to bring your requests. You have a loving father who cares for what you might think is insignificant. And so this morning, as you walk away from here at this place, as you enter into these next few minutes of prayer, I want you to know if you've never prayed before, if you've never maybe opened your mouth and prayed out loud in front of people and you think that's crazy, you're praying to the creator of the universe who knows the number of hairs on your head. That's how much he cares for you. That's what the word says. He knows the very hairs on your head. You were knit together in your mother's womb. The God who put the planets in motion, who created the earth, you have his ear in prayer. He gives you that and he cares for you. And as we go to prayer this morning, as we gather in prayer together, that's who we approach. We don't pray for the other people that are around us. Though, though we do learn, our faith is built up but we are praying to God. That is who hears us and answers. And so as we go to prayer, that's our heart this morning. God is good. God is good. He is in control of all things and he really loves you. He's good. He's in control and he loves you. And you can go to him in prayer. That is a beautiful, beautiful reminder for us this morning from his word. I'm going to pray, and then Pastor Rick is going to come up and lead uh, these next few moments of our prayer time. Well, we're going to put this into practice together as a church. If we could get this, man, what could God do uh, in and through this church? Let's pray. Lord, forgive us for our unbelief at times where we don't believe that you are Good. We don't believe that you answer prayer. We have a hard time seeing you as a father who loves us. This morning, would you change our perspective? Would you realign our hearts to the promise of prayer? God, we want more of you. That is our heart's cry. We want more of you. This morning, as we go to you in prayer, would we just communicate with you like a child communicates with their parent? Would we communicate with you in a way that trusts that you are good and that you are in control? God, I pray for the person that is struggling uh, with prayer, feeling guilty about not praying enough. Would you just give them joy this morning in the truth that you are there and you are listening? That This wouldn't be a burden, but it would be a joy for them to bring their burdens to you. Pray for us now as we enter this time. We give this all to you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.